Hello, friends. There's lots of interesting things coming up in the Stoic Coffee community, so make sure that you sign up for my newsletter on my website at stoic.coffee. You can also follow me on Twitter at stoiccoffee and on Instagram at stoic.coffee, and you can find my LinkedIn page by searching for Stoic Coffee Break on LinkedIn. Now, I also wanted to let you know that I'm starting a mastermind for tech entrepreneurs as the world of tech is accelerating, and I've had people reaching out to me for a group grounded in Stoic principles. I'll be your facilitator as we tackle some of the big questions in tech using the tools of Stoicism. I have a few spots left for senior tech entrepreneurs and decision makers to join me for a one-hour bi-weekly session. I'll be interviewing candidates to form a tight group for the first cohort of five people, plus myself. Now, if you're interested in joining this, please reach out to me at masterminds at stoic.coffee. Now, again, that's masterminds at stoic.coffee. Thanks again, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast, and I appreciate your support. Hello, friends. My name is Eric Cloward, and welcome to the Stoic Coffee Break. The Stoic Coffee Break is a weekly podcast where I take an aspect of Stoicism and do my best to break it down to its most important points. I share my successes and my failures and hope that you can learn something from my experience. This week's episode is called Lessons Learned. So this year has been an especially rough one for many of us. And I can honestly say it has been for me as well. I had another episode mostly written, but I decided that I wanted to change things up and talk about what I've learned over the past year and ask you about important things that you've learned. So the past few years have been quite a ride for most of the world. With COVID shutting everything down and altering our way of life in so many ways, I think we've all been affected in big and small ways. For me, the company I work for shut down all of our offices and now we just all work remote. And since the company that I work for is very small, we all decided that it wasn't worth the risk because if one of us got sick and came into the office, there was a high likelihood that everyone else would catch it as well. So this has been a mixed blessing. I enjoy working from home and having a lot of freedom and flexibility in my schedule, but I'm also an extrovert and a very social person, and I really enjoy spending time with others. So finding connection with other people is one of the things that really feeds my soul, and COVID made that very challenging. Over time, I found myself retreating more and more and reaching out less and less to friends. I think I also fell into a bit of a depression because of my lack of time with others, as well as struggling with my own self-esteem. I had stopped working on the podcast for a while before the pandemic, but a year or so in, I decided for my own sanity to restart it so that I could spend some time each week tending to my mental health by working on the podcast. Each episode that I create, more than likely, is something that I'm struggling with at the time I'm working on it. And this helps me focus on the shit that I'm dealing with and to try and find some ways to deal with it effectively and share them with you. I call this podcast basically my public therapy. But I think this last year has been one of the hardest ones, but also one with some incredible growth. And this year I've been working through the ending of my primary relationship with my partner of almost nine years. And in many ways I've been kind of putting off dealing with it which unfortunately has made things much harder. It hasn't been until the past few months that I felt like I had the strength or the skills to face it head on. And this is the reason why I took a break from the podcast at the beginning of last year, under the guise of spending more time working on learning Unreal Engine to change my career path. 
I felt a lot of shame over my failure to fix the issues in my relationship and felt like I was a complete failure and a hypocrite if I continued my podcast. I mean, how could I tell you, my audience, how to improve your lives when mine felt like a total disaster? But as I've worked through the ending of the relationship, I've learned some things about myself that have helped me make some big strides. And I felt that it was important to share those with you. I worked through some big blind spots that I had and learned a lot about myself. And I finally felt like I had a grasp on some concepts that could really move the needle for myself and for anyone else who was trying to prove their, improve their lives. Many of those became episodes, and I feel like they've been some of my best. So now I'd like to share some of my most important lessons that I've learned this year. Lesson number one, failure is just missed expectations. I often talk a lot about learning from failure on this podcast, and it's also become very popular to talk about it in, in, uh, on social media and that idea of being okay with failure. But to be honest, I think that even though we all say that it's okay to fail, there's a part of us that still struggles to accept that. We don't like failing at things, even if we say that it's okay to fail. But over the last year, I finally started to make sense of a quote from Epictetus that honestly took me years to understand. And it says, an ignorant person is inclined to blame others for his own misfortune. To blame oneself is proof of progress, but the wise man never has to blame anyone or himself. And the reason why this was hard for me to understand was that when something goes wrong or there's some kind of failure, I used to think that there always had to be someone to blame. But what I've come to realize is that we only consider something a failure because we have some expectations around it. When we just accept that something happened the way that it did, because that's how all the circumstances and variables lined up, then there really is no one to blame. We can simply look at something dispassionately as cause and effect, and release any expectations about what we think should happen, and that helps us to be able to observe and accept and deal with what actually is. And when we do this, we learn to deal with reality as best we can, and to not be upset that things didn't happen the way that we wish they would. Lesson number two. You are worthy of love because you exist. Often, I felt like I had to be perfect for someone to love me. I felt like I had to be perfect for me to love and accept myself. And this simply isn't the case. You don't have to be perfect to be worthy of love and to accept yourself. And there are several things to consider about this that support my opinion on this. First, no one can ever be perfect. There is no absolute standard of what a perfect person is. And if there was, who would be the one to set that standard? Why should they be the one to be allowed to set that standard? You have the ability to set the standards for yourself. And part of that standard, in my opinion, should be how kind and compassionate a person can be with themselves. Second, people will love you because they choose to do so. You have no control over who loves you. As the Stoics have well established, we can't control other people. Third, the Stoics also recognize that we are all part of the human family and that we are all here to help each other the best we can. If we live a life that is only centered around ourselves, then we've missed some of the best things in life. It's been shown through many experiments and studies that the best way to create joy and happiness in your life is to help other people. So do your best to help others. Also, let them help you. Lesson number three, the more you run away from things that you fear, the more power they have over you. 
As Seneca said, we are more often frightened than hurt, and we suffer more in imagination than in reality. So throughout the evolution of mankind, there are plenty of mortal threats that we had to have a healthy sense of fear in order to stay safe. For the most part, most of us live in a fairly safe place where we rarely have to worry about our physical safety. Most of the things that cause us distress in our lives are the thoughts, perceptions, and opinions of our own mind. In other words, we create our own fear. We stress ourselves out. We are the main source of our suffering. More often than not, when we take the time to examine our own thinking about something, we can see that it's our imagination that is really scaring us. We create the worst-case scenario in our minds and convince ourselves that it is the most likely outcome. Whether that's a hard conversation with our partners, kids, or friends, or standing up where we see that there's an injustice that we object to, we always imagine the worst outcome and scare ourselves into inaction. We may fail to see what we consider to be an awful outcome might actually be a great opportunity. The last lesson, lesson number four, is that you need to be the source of your own self-esteem and love. For a lot of us, especially those who grew up in chaotic and unstable homes, we developed ways to deal with the chaos that, while they were helpful at the time, don't serve us well in adulthood. Many of us become people-pleasers in order to stay safe so that we minimize the abuse that we suffered from the people closest to us. In my case, it was the unpredictable rage that came from my father. And when I say people-pleaser, it isn't really about pleasing the other person. It means that we try to figure out how to keep the other person happy so that we don't upset the person that we look to as our source of love. When we get into relationships later in life, we will often carry these ways of coping with us because it's what we know. The problem is that if we're with a partner that has a healthier sense of themselves and how relationships work, these kinds of coping skills just don't work. While we try to figure out what, we'll, what we should say or do so that this person will love us, we discard our own wants and needs so that this person will still love us. But to anyone that understands healthy relationships, this is manipulation. We aren't being honest with who we are. We aren't be our, being our authentic selves. We're trying to be what we think the other person wants us to be so that they'll stay happy with us and love us. So lesson number four is that we can't expect others to be our source of self-esteem and healing. We need to be that source for ourselves. And to be honest, it's completely unfair that we should expect our partners to be that only source of love for us and that they should be the ones to fix us. That's a lot of pressure on anyone. It is also putting our source of self-esteem outside of ourselves so we aren't in control of it. When we learn how to accept and love ourselves, we become that source of love for ourselves. We take control of how we feel about ourselves, which means that we can show up in our relationships as a whole person that can accept the love of others and is not dependent on it. This also means that rather than looking to the other person for what they can give us, we find healthier ways to give and take in a relationship rather than just taking. There are a lot of other lessons that I learned this year, but these are some of the core ones that really stood out to me, especially the lesson of self-acceptance. Realizing that by putting that burden on someone else means that it is out of our control was really a life changer for me. It is not easy to change your thinking around yourself and just accept yourself for exactly who you are. There are a lot of pressures to conform to societal ideas of perfection that no one can ever live up to. So there's a lot of power in just accepting yourself for exactly who you are and extending that acceptance to others. So as I bring this to a close, 
I want you to think about what lessons you've learned this year. What has helped you move the needle for you? Are there things that you finally understood that made a big impact on your life in 2022? If you'd like to share, please share them on Instagram or Twitter. The account for the podcast on Instagram is stoic.coffee. And if you're on Twitter, you can find me just at stoiccoffee, all one word. I'll put a post up there about lessons learned in 2022. I'd love to hear what you've learned over the past year and what really impacted your life. And that's the end of this week's Stoic Coffee Break. Be good to yourself, be good to others, and thanks for listening.